0: So why do we make certain decisions as a couple? Why are we kind of spinning our wheels, or are we learning how to right. actually live intentionally in the values of God? Are we? I I I ask these questions because I feel like this is the the water that I swim in in my own head. It's just <laughs> why am I make? I need to make all these decisions. Why am I making these decisions? Oh, now they're being called into question. Do I remember why we made? Like, what were the big reasons and the drivers, the values? That are driving these decisions on a day-to-day basis.
1: That's true. Uh, and we make far more decisions than we realize on a daily basis. Some are very mundane. Even the the decision to open a door, to grab a doorknob and to twist <laughs> Can't even it. Can't think about it. <laughs> well, the, we would, we'd be paralyzed if we were cognizant right, of all right. those decisions. But yeah, you're absolutely right in that our values are always going to be the behaviors that fuel the decisions we make. And so we're going to talk about some of the values uh, of a Christian marriage, mm. Uh, just to put a name to them, because so often we can think in general terms or more uh, theoretical kind of this ethereal blob of like yeah. Christian values. Now yeah. we're going to put some names to them, and contrast them with some of maybe the the, the mistaken values that we act. As if those are our values We slip
0: into acting, I think Sometimes, you know, God is so good to bring us back And then we slip away, just like the Israelites And then we come back and we're good And then we slip away So, repent and believe, people Here it is We'll see you on the other side Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast Where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity That never gives up and refuses to give in
1: Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage Sex Communication Finances Priorities Purpose And everything in between
0: Laugh, ponder, and join in on Candid Gospel-Centered Conversations. This is Fierce Marriage.
1: Repent and Believe bomb there. I- just, I'm
0: just trying to come in hot. Just start it off. Don't want to bury the lead like we do, I feel like, all the time.
1: But... use it was Calvin who said that the, the whole of the Christian life is one of repentance yeah. and belief. And, it's this, and that's what Jesus called us to do, is repent and believe. And why is that a cycle? Because uh, we are saved, but we are still being sanctified. Mm-hmm. So an attitude and a heart orientation of repentance is so important. And what is repentance just quickly? It's just recognizing acknowledging, that I've, uh, and yeah. acknowledging and, and asking God's forgiveness for kind of diverging from his way and diverging from faith, diverging from, um, and I mean, leaving that understanding of faith. So it does keep our hearts in kind of a humble orientation to be in the attitude of repentance, mm. which is huge in these times when we question our assumptions, we question our values. That's what we're hoping to do today mm-hmm. is to really look at are we what are we operating out of
0: right and what and these decisions that we're making are we taking them too lightly or are we not and we not putting enough weight in some of the things that we think are fine and mm. we can get through and we know the truth so it doesn't it's okay like to kind of wade yeah. in this water but really should we even be in that water right so yeah here we yeah. go but you go ahead and do your
1: yeah, yeah. Um man, we've had an influx of patrons. Holy Ooh, smokes. It's been so great. We've the had Lord. uh thank you. I think we had thank 25 you. or 27 or so new patrons this month. Wow. Uh which is a huge increase about a 10% increase. So thank you for doing that. That means a ton. If you've been on the fence, uh we would just love for you to pray more about becoming a patron. What that is is somebody who partners with us monthly financially. Starts $2 a month on up. There are benefits like exclusive content there's free ebooks there's free I think we just released a free family vision ebook which actually is right in line with this discussion mm, today but don't um, do
0: that for the for the perks people Those, yeah. that's why they're called perks
1: do for the purpose purpose there (laughs) Uh, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage if you haven't left left a comment and a review we would appreciate if you do that for the fierce marriage podcast on itunes go there and just hit a star rating and leave a review if you feel so compelled yeah um yeah i on this whole family vision or excuse me family values conversation one of the illustrations that came to mind is we, we kind of the, the 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 difference between wisdom and foolishness, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I love how in Proverbs they talk about, look at the ant, look at his the the wisdom of the ant, and <laughs> how they are kind of storing up in season for those times out of season. How mm. by daily diligence they are choosing wisdom right and they they're, they're doing what god designed ants to do right and they're doing what their instincts would dictate they do and we are different in that we have this thing called uh uh consciousness right <laughs> the self awareness we have a sin nature yes and so our instincts are oftentimes in contrast to god's plan and so living foolishly is to kind of follow our base instinct Right. Or we do the easy, simple thing. We do the easy, fast thing or the thing I'm thinking in terms of diet
0: gives us more pleasure or we enjoy more. Right. We are right now in the short term. Indulge. Yes,
1: we indulge. And versus having the wisdom to say, hey, if I do this better, harder thing, it'll take longer, but the net outcome will be a better outcome either for me, for our family, for our kids, for society, for our church, for business, for my body in terms of diet. Like, (laughs) I can't just go and eat junk food all day, every day. It tastes good, and it's cheap, but I will probably die an early death. nourish your body. Yes. So, anyway, all of the decisions we make are— a, a function of our values, and our functions are a value of our uh, wisdom and foolishness, and our wisdom and foolishness is a is a function of how h- how highly we regard the authority of Scripture and the and the, what the Scripture says itself. So it really does come down to uh, God's authority. It comes down to how well we know it, how well we believe it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. That was an intro that you were how not well. prepared I was for. Like...
0: <laughs> Okay, I write the rundowns, buddy. Just pipe down over here, okay? Oh,
1: she does all the hard work, and I just come in and just do whatever I want. <laughs> just do whatever, I want. <laughs> whatever I want. Story of your life. No,
0: no, no. I was gonna. Yeah, that's funny. You're fine. It's I'm fine. fine. You're fine. Okay.
1: So read your Bible, people. There it is. <laughs> this episode is so, <laughs> <in> the, <camp.
0: laughs> the shortest episode <laughs> in fierce marriage podcast history. But um, just a little recap. Last week we did talk about rebuilding trust after betrayal, um, specifically after a bomb has been dropped. And I think that was a pretty good episode. We talked about if you are the person dealing with that or if you are an outsider or co-traveler looking in, how you can be a support um, to the couple that might be walking through that storm right now. Um, We also released... I don't know if you saw it, but we released an interview with Tina Konkin. Yeah. That I think you should share just a little smidge bit about, smidge bit. (laughs) That's, That's what it's going to be. Thing. A smidge. It's something a between a smidge tidbit smidge and a smidge. It's a smidge a bit, bit. about we yeah. got. We just got a little pushback online, and well, we wanted to just bring some clarity to the situation it, it, in 30 yeah. seconds or less.
1: All right. Well, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, there was... I'll, we'll call it pushback. I do think it was more of just a misunderstanding. So if you didn't listen to the episode, what happened is uh, Tina Cogan, her, her whole story is... Uh, just go back and listen to it, but it's essentially... Her husband had an affair with her best friend and her whole ministry And this. If she wrote a book about it, it's called how God used the other woman. What a, an inflammatory I know. title. It's, and she's got a lot of pushback for that. Yeah. And so we wanted to interview her because she's a Bible believing God fearing woman. Right.
0: She's been on her husband's family Her passed life, away. Yeah, all these things. Yep.
1: And they actually the spent ministries. years after the affair ministering to other marriages mm. as a couple. So God reconciled them. Well, the pushback came. When people started saying you could, you should never, um, you should never excuse an affair, n- never take responsibility as as the wife or as the the person, person who was who, hurt. Was, a, who yeah. was hurt, who was betrayed, and I just want to say unequivocally that she was not excusing the behavior of her she husband. She says that I
0: think multiple yeah. times in the interview.
1: There's there's kind of two. Uh, kind of two levels of what needs to be discussed in terms of that interview. The first level is you were betrayed and that's mm. a terrible thing, a hurtful thing, a damaging thing, and then oftentimes a marriage ending thing. Yeah, and we even do, uh, we even see in scripture, uh, a provision for a divorce in light of an adulterous affair. Granted, that's not the ideal, but there is a provision there that Jesus talks about one of the things that Tina was talking about is please don't just go right to that. Mm. Know that there is this beautiful reconciliation that can happen. If the adulterous person uh, has a repentant heart Mm. and you are willing to both stay at the table and work through it, there is possibility for healing and reconciliation that Mm. will strengthen you. And that was the second piece of what she was talking about, how God had used this horrible circumstance that there's no excuse for. And she's not saying my husband cheated because I did X, Y, and Z.
0: Or because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Right.
1: But she said God graciously used that that moment to give her an introspective per- perspective yes. on her own heart. And she realized that she had been withholding affection, not just from her husband, but from her own kids. And she was missing out on large swaths of life because of that. Mm. And so there's two different conversations happening there.
0: Definitely go back and listen yeah. to it. I think it's, a very, it's very helpful, again, if... You are, if you know someone who's walking through this and you're wondering, how can I be supportive? How can I understand more deeply and be more empathetic? Um, or if you are, mm-hmm. you know, walking through s- reconciliation or if you've just had a bomb dropped, you know, she's, yeah. it definitely brings some perspective uh, from someone who has walked through that.
1: But the last thing we want to do is excuse sinful behavior, right. excuse any level definitely of betrayal yep. and adultery. Those are not excusable. Well, fierce okay. marriage, people. Yeah. Stand for marriage. So And so we don't want to shame the victims in that sense. Right. And think, well, you enabled it somehow. That's not, that's not the not case. At all. Okay. So I just want to make that really clear. Anyway, listen to the episode if you, if you want to more yes. on that.
0: Yes. So this week we are going to talk about ref- reflection, sorry, values. What do they reflect or who do they reflect? Do our values hmm. reflect our savior? Do they reflect ourselves or our own selfish desires? And how do we know? Because sometimes we might be thinking we're doing the right thing, Mm. we're living the right way, but then our motivation somehow gets skewed. We start living a little bit more selfishly and indulgently, and it's okay. Like, it's really a good thing. I mean, a lot of times we see this probably happening in, like, church ministry and volunteering um, and leadership. We can easily Mm. just kind of slip into... This becoming the governing, um, the governance of our family time, of our Mm. marriage, of anything. Everything just kind of bows down to this value of church involvement, right? Um, Sure. Because of whatever reason, which we'll get into. You look like you want to say something.
1: Well, I'm thinking of examples of how our beliefs and our values uh, evolve unwittingly. Yeah. So just a quick, tangible example. Uh, if, If I eat chocolate i want chocolate
0: <laughs>
1: i want diet, more of it chocolate
0: you can see where we're at i people. want more
1: of it yeah we're we're counting calories right now because got the covid 15 Just... going on over here <laughs> uh, uh, but uh i'm down a few pounds by the way hooray good
0: good for you they say you
1: can't you can't outrun a bad diet and boy can i attest to that
0: <laughs> not anyway. running a bit it's too hot
1: <laughs> um so the point is, what I'm trying to make is like, if you make a little exception, what happens is you start to crave the same thing. And before you know it, you're eating that thing regularly. Chocolate's an ex- extreme example, but you could, you know, batty extreme your food. <laughs> well, it's not like someone's like, I'm going to have chocolate breakfast, lunch, and dinner now. But, but
0: you start craving the sweetness of it.
1: And the way that looks in your life is you, maybe you have a certain lifestyle or you have a certain level of ease and comfort, or you have a certain level of kind of um, existing, coexisting with your spouse. And you've somehow strayed into maybe an easier coexistence that's mm. not you're not thriving you're just kind of existing and mm. that becomes your value is more ease because you don't want to you know rock the boat by addressing maybe some behavior or something that needs to change in your marriage yeah. for your health and for the glory of god so right. and maybe one of you's just
0: kind of feeling a little bit lonely or you're 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 feeling the disconnect right and how if you just start asking the questions why am i feeling disconnected well we maybe we don't spend a lot of time together why don't we spend a lot of time together well because we're going from hmm. lake to ocean to beach to whatever. Like we're just busy, we're busy, just busy, busy, all the time. busy, busy. Well, why do we feel the need to be busy? Oh, we want our kids to have all these experiences. We want to do all these things. Well, why do they need to do right. all these things? Well, because their friends are. It's summer. This is what we do. And it's like, well, okay, why? Like, just this is keep a real time Digging into that, why? You know, or, yeah.
1: Or uh, we don't spend quality time together because my spouse is always at work. Well, why is, why is he or she always at work? Well, to provide for what our, our standard of living. Well, what is our standard of living? Right. And you realize that your standard of living is the thing that's determining the value. every other aspect of right. your life.
0: It's governing you, the value. How much
1: time you spend at home, the career you pursue, the the house you buy, the right.
0: And I think this gets us into trouble.
1: Not to, sorry, I just want to nuance that not to say like some people have, you have to work to make ends meet. I get that. Um, we're just saying that some of these things, they happen, they kind of encroach on our day to day existence and it's healthy and right to look at them with a biblical lens to say, am I valuing, what culture values or am I valuing what scripture values, what God values? And so we're trying to do that to ourselves recently
0: overstepping, like, am I valuing these things in the order and at the level of what God would ask of me, I guess, or what God has purposed these things Mm -hmm. and he's out. He is a God of order. And these are the, this is the order that I'm supposed to live in. And I'm, and I've got to trust Mm -hmm. That when I don't feel it in those moments that God is right and I am wrong and I'm going to live and walk in that discomfort until I learn and my will is bent and my desires are bent to him and his purposes. And then my desires will be in matching that the joy and the, you know, fulfillment will begin to happen and evolve and grow. Mm. Um, But we we can't do that unless.
1: Yeah. Unless you have an outside perspective yeah. and you, you're asking um,
0: those questions and we had a really digging into it.
1: I think eye-opening conversation with a friend of ours yesterday, Jennifer Murph. Mm-hmm. She does millennial. Her and her husband Justin do millennials for marriage. They do more statistical type research, mm-hmm. and she's also and she's a doctor of I forget what her doctorate's in. Brilliant, yeah, she's brilliant a professor people. Both of them, and yeah. And she anyway, she runs a nonprofit. Her and her husband both are running this nonprofit that basically fills in gaps in the church in the MENA region, which oh, is yeah. M- Middle East and Northern Africa region. And our perspectives were like, man, we, were just, we are seeing things through such a Western American lens yeah, and asking questions that are completely like, off in left field many times when we could see what God is doing in the global church, how, mm. it, how it gives us context mm. and our values – tend to kind of like shift in those moments. Right, we, we start to value more the global work of God and less the local right. comforts of our own lives and right. our own existence. It's really so, challenging.
0: Let's define values quickly. I think we've said it a few times, but let's just be clear about what we're saying values are. Values are beliefs that drive the decisions we make. So... Hmm. What are those beliefs that we are holding on to? And I'm not saying we question this every day, but I think there needs to be almost a monthly evaluation of the big decisions in our lives, the daily rhythms that we are submitting to, I guess for lack of a better term. yeah um, I think in our marriage, we are very quick to say like a plus b equals C, like we don't get quality time like you said because my I or my husband works because we have to provide Mm. for our life okay but this may this is a these are big assumptions on some levels right how does this always have to be the case are there are there other areas that we could you know pull back on in order to not have in order to make create that margin because we value our marriage we value time together so how do we get that margin a plus b never equal never all. it doesn't always equal c it's not always that simple cuz if if that's the case then we're assuming too much we also might be assuming or so overlooking the fact that what if what if our spouse is overworking and why are they doing that are they finding value in an identity right in in hmm. their career has the that over, is, yeah
1: the key there is overworking right we're not saying right. working like you have to have a, you well, have that's to what I'm provide yeah. yep yep but overworking it implies that word implies that there is an imbalance there.
0: And I guess I want to stress just the unsustainable. just how easily we can slip into that, I think, as Christians. I think we can, at least I tend to take a good thing and sometimes can, you know, run it into the ground and then it's no longer a God thing. But it's a it's a Selena thing. Right. Right.
1: We take a, a biblical concept and we weaponize it. Mm-hmm. And that's how and, and, by, and we don't weaponize it. Uh, a lot of times it's, it's unintentional. Right. So for example, hard work, diligence, wisdom, uh, being a, a, uh, what is it? A prudent, uh, mm. business owner or employee or whatever that role is and stewarding that to the glory of God. That's a biblical idea. Mm. Now how we weaponize it is, is when we say that and we say it's biblical, I'm a hard worker. I, mm-hmm. I am doing this and this happens so often in the church. You mentioned it earlier in the, with, with church involvement. hmm Early on in our marriage, I was very involved in in our church and as the worship were. leader. Yeah. You were very involved as a youth leader.
0: On top of working forty-hour-week jobs, you had we had twenty hours at church easily between the two easily. of us, if not more.
1: Easily, I was, uh, was playing leading worship church. for up to five yeah. or six uh, services a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a part-time job and with no pay, which I get that that's fine. For it us. wasn't about the money; it was about it the time. About the yeah, but. At one point, God was gracious, and he he pricked my heart mm. and said, "This is out of balance. this is not okay." and basically, that led to a vast uh, a, a sweeping change. Mm-hmm. But I would often weaponize that and yeah. say, "How dare you question that I'm mm. gone this n- these number of nights at rehearsals mm. because I'm serving the Lord <laughs> yeah. that's good to serve the Lord, right It's good to serve in a local church. that is necessary." But we weaponize it when it becomes part of our identity. In my case, I was wanting the approval of others. Mm -hmm. I was wanting the attention of it Mm -hmm. because that was the stage of life I was in. I was really wanting to be like a musician and all that kind of stuff. And I don't
0: mean to giggle, it's just a fact on it. It was a whole,
1: it was another life ago. It was, it was. And so. I, w- I had weaponized that good thing for a selfish gain. And so I think that's what you're getting at is we can oftentimes weaponize these good biblical values unintentionally or intentionally, yes. and then our values actually are shifting. We're no longer valuing biblical Christian no, things. No, we
0: start doing things out of fear or selfish desire, mm. pride, right? Yeah. And this, I mean, just personally, this pandemic has, has caused us to to evaluate everything, you know, from a 50,000 foot view of... Of, you know, what are the next couple months or years look like, you know, that the Lord has given us or we can, we had, you know, we can plan for, um, by God's grace. And, but what of what about the day to day and what are some areas that are, are these areas really reflecting our values or are they just telling the world that we're selfish or we're insecure or we're fear-based or prideful, right? Such a, what?
1: This moment we're in historically, uh, and, Politically, what's happening with the two-party system and the the polarization? Oh no, I'm just gonna comment on. I'm not gonna. I'm making observations, but the polarization (laughs) of evangelical America has been uh, stunning, to say the least. And how you see people on both sides of this extremely already polarized situation in terms of right, left, liberal, conservative, uh, you know presidential elections and and who is God's man, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's just so polarizing on both sides of it. And, um, it, it really causes us to look and say, okay, what are we valuing? Mm. And is what we value, is it biblical? Right. Is it under the authority of God or is it under some other authority, namely my own, or even under the authority of any other sort of, Uh, governance or whatever so
0: right i think i think we've brought to light some of the examples in marriage um you and i were talking in the car about like intimacy how is how it can be an example of what we value right Hmm. so are we why why do i want to have sex with my husband right like why do (laughs) you sorry (laughs) that just
1: brass just right
0: there intimacy why do (laughs) why do you want to be with your spouse in that way is well, there, is
1: it to check a box like you often said, right. and just say, "Okay, now he can't be upset with me"? We're good for a few days. Just kidding. Or is it to get more to get closer to each other and to or experience there, love yeah, with each or other? Or is there
0: a selfish reason on of there's some sort of fantasy that you want you know fulfilled, or there's some sort of like addiction there, or there's some unhealthy motivation? So, hmm. what what is governing those beliefs around intimacy? what and again and well i mean it's we're talking about we're going to talk about selfishness and how this um obviously selfishness is a major conflict area especially uh-huh. in marriage and selfishness is just always a conflict <laughs> it's yep. always a bad thing yep that's the whole um, pent
1: and believe thing as we tend yes
0: to. yes mm. um but we you know we tend to be selfish because we want to for a few reasons we don't want we it may, might be like a self-preservation mm. tactic right we don't want to get hurt um it it might be like a, a pride thing, like we're not willing to sacrifice ourselves or admit we're wrong when we're, we, sh- we are wrong, right? There's a pride and humility.
1: So what you're saying is, sorry to jump in, what you're saying selfishness is somehow rooted like in, indicator. A, in a value. It's yes. rooted in a lower, in yes. a base level value. Yes. And I of, think-
0: Of trusting in ourself, I think, and, and mm. grabbing onto like, I believe these things and- Or- I sh-
1: or trusting in this the, the the experience I have here on earth is ultimate mm. in that justice if I'm going to have it is going to be here and now. Right. And that's that's a trusting And if we myself. align
0: that with the Bible that's not the truth.
1: Yeah. Right. God loves justice, it's part of his nature, uh but it's not guaranteed in on every right. level here in this life and that's a lot of times we have a hard time valuing that truth and instead we would take it into our own hands which would often cause us again to weaponize things in certain right. ways and become selfish in that.
0: Right. So are we upholding God's word in our lives through our values? Are we serving him or are we serving ourselves? And how is how does God how does the Bible call us into living I hate to say out of his values because it's it's how we should how we should hmm. how the holy spirit is at work in us, right? How we are being sanctified. How are we allowing that to govern and be the value that determines our actions and words and Hmm. decision-making from the very like foundational level. So I've been,
1: uh, I just want to reword that in a way that helps me understand it is how are we, how accurately are we seeing God's creation in the way that he sees it? In other words, Mm. how much do we trust that it is his, he has made it, he has designed it to work the way he's designed it to work. He it's will have rest, his yeah. will. His decree is irrefusable, right? His call is irrevocable. Uh, what he decides is unchangeable in many ways. Hmm. And uh, are we seeing it, the world and valuing the world the same way that he sees and values the world? One of the things hmm. that we talked about is getting to know god and so the only way we can really know that is if we get to know him we're gonna talk about that later i don't want to jump the gun here but
0: no yeah i mean yes and no but well, it's kind of thematic i think through it all but
1: so as we align and then i don't want to say it here because i feel like it fits say it as we align our view of things with god's view of things mm-hmm. we we align our values with his right uh it's helpful to know how we know god okay so there. are theologically speaking these aren 't complicated concepts so i 'll prof and i 'm not a pro at them but essentially there 's two revelations, so to speak, in terms of just theology right the doctrine of god there is the there is general revelation, which is in romans um, i think it 's in uh well no it's it's we see it in Psalm nineteen where David says the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. So
0: general revelation is
1: um, it's knowledge of God that we get from, creation. that's not from, yeah, from creation, from how we're made, mm-hmm. from how he has made the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we, no one looks at, I love Matt Chandler. <laughs> he has this illustration. He's like, no one stands next to the grand Canyon and says, look how amazing I am. <laughs> right. Right. Something to that effect. Right. Right. They stand next to the grand Canyon and they marvel. Right. Who has made this, this, this thing? Who has, it's, Yeah. Whose majesty am I witnessing in this place? Mm. That's general revelation. And there's also kind of an internal general revelation where you could ask anybody who, even if they say they don't believe in God or even if they're agnostic and they say it can't be known if God Mm. exists or if they're atheistic and they say God does not exist unequivocally, you ask that person, okay, is it okay to and name some moral line that you could cross, right? To kill somebody or to X, Y, or Z, whatever that insidious moral thing is. is it okay to do that? And they would probably tell you, well, no, it's not okay. I'm not a sick person. Right. And you say, well, why? Because it's just not, well, and they would probably make some argument out of evolution or something like that. But the bottom line is that moral code is imprinted on us. Mm. It didn't come from anywhere else. It's in us. And that is a general revelation. And it's, it's what Romans in Romans one. So he talks about what can be known about God is plain to them, talking about the unbelievers, Because God has shown it to them ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things Mm. that have been made. So they, this is Paul talking again to the Romans, so they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him. In other words, they did not value him Mm. as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Mm. So that's general revelation. Then there's special revelation which is we have uh, the person and work of Christ, we have the word of God in scripture, we have the the gospel preached, we have the holy spirit illum- illumining God's word in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be more of a special revelation. It's basically the general revelation is enough to condemn us. Special revelation is how we are saved, right? It's through the work, person and work of Christ and, so all and through of the this gospel proclaimed. And values. Right, so we know those things. <laughs> Thank you. We there. know those things. We know God, and that helps us align our values mm. with His. Right, and that's the challenge here.
0: Well, and in Matthew six, when Jesus this talking about alignment, this was actually a good interjection that you had here. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, in Matthew six, I've been reading through the Gospels again, and just just to know. The person of Jesus as much as I can, because I feel like I can have a lot of head knowledge, but I, I feel like there's more heart knowledge mm-hmm. um, to be experienced and to know. Um, that's anyways,
1: where, that's where stuff really changes. By the right, way.
0: Yeah. right. And so in Matthew six, we see Jesus um, talking about giving to the needy. He's instructing on, um, the people on how to pray with the Lord's prayer, um, talking about fasting. So he's he's giving these these ways of living right this here's what we should align to here's how you should pray when you talk to god here's you here's how we forgive and why we forgive when we fast this is what this is how we should do it because this is how the lord works like wash your face so that you know the father can only only the father can see what is done in secret and reward you he also talks about laying up treasures in heaven don't lay up he's telling us what to value right here do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. This is Matthew six nineteen. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is a verse that gets misused way too many times, and I did some work on that one. Um So, and that wasn't even what I wanted to bring to light here, but that just, God's word is just so good like that.
1: I want to clarify one thing before you move on. I love hearing you go through this because your brain is amazing, but it's possible. So I always feel convicted like, okay, do not lay up treasure in heaven. Okay. Well then should I not have a savings account? I asked myself that. (laughs) Should I, should I sell everything and just do whatever the other thing is? I don't even know what that is. Right. And I think it is possible To be a wise steward and have, you know, treasures, so to speak, in heaven without verb treasuring those things. Those treasures. And so our treasure is the ultimate thing for us. You think about a pirate who hides their treasure, right? It's so precious to them. They go and hide it. And I feel like we, when we value God's word and his kingdom in that way, everything else, well, it's all held resource, time, talent, yes. everything is just held in open hand. It's just a means to a greater end, which is God himself, well, and obedience it, to him.
0: Right. And it comes into question like the rich young ruler. What was, what was Jesus actually asking him? Hmm. He was asking him to give up the thing that was keeping him from him, hmm. whether that be riches, whether that be, you know, the nicest camel in the area. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Whatever people, it is. I've heard theologians speculate that had the rich young ruler said, so be it. I'll sell everything. That they've speculated that perhaps Jesus would have seen, said, "Never mind, then you're good." Yeah, like, right. We, it, and, and obviously that's speculating. <laughs> but it's 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 it, I would the liken examples, it to like Abraham and Isaac, right? right. Where he goes up to, right. to to sacrifice his own son right. as the knife in hand. God says, "Stop! I've given you another." Right. Sacrifice. God is
0: God is only asking us to give what He's already given, right?
1: Mm. And He wants our in entire Jesus. hearts. Yeah.
0: So, getting at Matthew six talking about not being anxious so after he's he's instructing you know how to pray how to fast how to what to value and what to lay up in heaven and not you know just toil here on earth um he's talking about about um not being anxious sorry i'm reading through my bible and i was like should i talk about the eye as the lamp of the body and like there's value there because if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. I mean, that's a whole value system in itself.
1: Basically, saying what's your value filter? Right? Yeah. Like, if what, your eye yeah. is
0: bad, your whole body would be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, if the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Like, whoa! No one can serve two masters. You either hate one or love the other. You can't be devoted to both. Um, you have to love one and despise the other, and that is, and they, you cannot serve God and money. So serving <laughs> God and the the currency of this world right then we get into in verse 25 about not being anxious and why i feel like right here that this is where jesus is saying again here here's how to live these are the big stones these are the big values therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat what you Mm. will drink or about your body what you will put on it is not life more than food and the body more than clothing Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Okay. And right before that, though, remember he was saying, "Don't treasure, it. don't store things up here, but store in heaven." So he's saying, when you look at the things on earth, don't, don't sow and reap. Your value is not in that. Like your value is, and I d- is because I love you. It's because I died for you. That is where your value, in terms of like, worth value. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your Mm. heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm. So again, we see the value saying, Seek first. God's kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. Understand that food is important. Yes, the the clothes are important. Yes, but they're not important when you look at the body and you look at the purposes and you look at the the order of things and God's God's perspective put down on us, right? That God's word um, governing us and his authority uh, being lived out through our marriage and when he says for the sorry I too many thoughts right now all right for when for the Gentiles seek after all these things, the Gentile it feels mm. like they have a short term value system, right. I, I they see what they want they need it. it's the hedonistic part of ourselves yeah. and we see it in our four-year-old we see it in our kids so obviously right but we're better at hiding it as adults <laughs> we so the Gentiles seek after these things and culture would would have us seek after these things what what do what are marketers and people being paid thousands mm. of dollars for right to, to create well. this this need and value to to prime you to groom you to get and I, we're not going conspiracy theory let's just get down to the truth no, here it's true
1: though what
0: <laughs> is God what is Jesus in his words right here telling us to value how do we value these things by seeking god first Hmm. by allowing his word to bear weight as we say every week allow his authority to come into our lives and to govern us even when we don't feel like it we don't like it and it feels uncomfortable we're going to trust and Hmm. that is what he's inviting us into is this don't worry and be anxious remember who god is remember who your creator is None of this is outside of his control. It may feel out of your control, but this is all under his governing authority. Trust his values. Trust what he's saying and the the order and the systems that he's saying here. Life is more than just food and clothing, right? It's more than just having experiences, going out on the water or, you know, driving the nice car. Again, not saying those things are bad. I'm saying
1: they're not worth valuing.
0: They're not they shouldn't yeah. be the things that we don't need to work to have the nice car. We don't need to work to have those things are a byproduct of <laughs> that sounds terrible now too. <laughs> I'm saying good they're things can They're incidental like they're yes. kind of
1: like in the periphery. If, if it happens it happens, it's a grace of God, but it's not worth It's not the priority pursuing. of it's not, the priority. not what
0: I value, right? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Off the soapbox.
1: You wow. want to talk about no, Christian was, values? That was fire. That was fire. Well, okay. You made some really I mean, Scripture is is fire there, and it is convicting, and it is challenging, and Jesus does not pull any punches, and he is... So we have to remember, okay, this is the book of Matthew. Matthew was written for a Jewish audience. That's why it opens with the genealogy, because they would then understand, because the genealogy, they're a tribal nation, therefore genealogies are so important, and they're seeing the lineage of Christ. He is, in fact, the Messiah. That's Matthew 1. Okay, now Jesus... And Matthew is is, is framing everything through the lens of speaking to a Jewish audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, so to make these points, Jesus is not pulling any punches, but then he's comparing them to the Gentiles. He's saying, mm. you are the people of God. You are the Jewish people. You're the ones who have been waiting for this Messiah. He's here. Right. Embrace him and embrace his truths and don't do. And Jesus is, and so Jesus is saying these things, Matthew's writing it down. Jesus is saying, don't do it. The way the Gentiles do it. In fact, when he says in early part of Matthew six, the Lord's prayer says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues Hmm. at the street corners that they may be seen by others. That's a perfect example because they're not praying to talk to God, to commune with God, to worship God, to honor God. They're praying to be seen by others. Right. And he says they
0: need to be. Yeah.
1: He says, "When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases, as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words." So, what's
0: the value there? Is
1: it's it's my own effort that if I heap up the if I heap up enough of these empty phrases, right. then I will say enough for God to hear me
0: and for for people to see me and hear me, right? It's right. A, it's a people.
1: And you had mentioned the Gentiles uh, in in the passage you were reading as well, a few verses down. Yeah. And the contrast there, I think, is really it's really timely because we hadn't, we didn't anticipate this, but I'd love to go through and look at a list of Christian values that we actually just totally stole from compassion.com. Um, and so I want to go through those and contrast stole. those.
0: We bar, we're just, uh, well, there'll be a link people. It's here's information. What we did. It's I Googled,
1: the I Googled Christian values <laughs> and this is the thing that came up. Look at you. Um, so what, uh, but that's useful. It's not, a, it's not a comprehensive list. It's just useful. And I do, I want to contrast it to maybe the, 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 um, I don't want to say Gentile because Jews and Gentiles both are part of God's family, meaning Mm -hmm. they're not part of the Jewish people, but I think believers, non-believers, I want to contrast culture with what Christ, uh, would have us value in this sense. So the first one,
0: I think it's really interesting too. They say Christian values don't change over time. They're consistent from generation to generation since their foundation is found in God's word in the Bible.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the very first thing, and that is the very first Christian value is God's word. Hmm. Now I can't emphasize that enough because in our culture there I I'm starting to not like saying in our culture because it feels like it's in so in the
0: water that we swim where are we at where we are at in the world today
1: but the world does not value the Bible Mm-mm. they they just think it's just another set Not only of do ancient, they not
0: value it but they would devalue it by saying it is yeah. full of hate and
1: yeah. which they things. do that because they don't understand it yes. they don't they don't read it uh they don't read it in context they get snippets and yes. proof texts yes. that affirm their view anyway. And a lot of Christians do that as well. They start to devalue God's mm. word. Someone asked me, I think I posted on, I, we have, we have our Facebook pages kind of that we just post to uh, various thoughts that you and I have. And mm-hmm. I posted on mine, something to the effect I'm, I'm really discouraged by the number of authors that I've enjoyed in the oh, past yeah, who, who uh, eventually turn from f- orthodoxy and they turn from uh, intellectual um, integrity and I, then I went on and said, if you want to be a hero of the faith, you want to do something bold, you want to do something countercultural, stick to orthodoxy your mm. whole life. And mm. what I mean by orthodoxy is not the orthodox faith per se, but but orthodoxy is a term for tried and true Christian right. doctrines, right. values that are, that haven't changed over hundreds thousands, uh, probably since the Reformation, which had been 500 years ago. Mm. So over hundreds of years, they mm-hmm. haven't changed. Uh and they're not new. They're just orthodox. They're right, solid. Right. And then to stick to intellectual intelligence or uh, integrity. And the whole reason I say that is because so many authors are just seeing God's word as just another kind of book on their shelf. yeah. It's not the book. It's a book. It's not God's word. It's God's suggestions or some words that right. maybe resemble the character of this teacher named Jesus. And we're saying that, no, as Christians, okay, I'm using that word intentionally, Christians, people who follow the Christ, people who follow Jesus, we have to trust that his words are inerrant and he valued the Old Testament, the New Testament, there's apostolic authority, it's all passed down. We have to value the inerrancy and the sufficiency and the authority Hmm. of God's word. If we don't, none of this makes sense. Somebody, uh, we... Sorry, I'm on. a am on a tirade right now, but somebody
0: okay. who was sure we get we, some. <laughs> I kind of got
1: talking to them about um, the Tina Konkin thing, and she, oh yeah, and the response was, "I don't need you to throw verses at me, <laughs> and I don't need you to quote scripture to me." And I'm thinking, "Well, I, I don't really know what else to do because <laughs> these these ideas are not things that we're just suggesting; like they're things that they come from the Bible. So we have to value that first. Is what yes. I'm trying to say. Yes. Sorry.
0: Okay fiery the next value
1: (laughs) i know generosity
0: generosity so uh compassion.com is saying this is the core christian value (laughs) of being kind and unselfish especially with our money and time
1: i'm just i'm laughing because they're a nonprofit and clearly they want us to give them their money (laughs) start with
0: generosity it's the first list of christian values we give to the
1: compassion we have for years (laughs) for sure they're a solid nonprofit. i just think it's funny it's so in the on the nose right here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whoever wrote this was just like, yeah, I'll put that first.
0: We'll just be strategic. Um, the next one, No,
1: no, I want to contrast it.
0: Okay. Oh, sorry. So, sorry.
1: Generosity is as a Christian value is rooted in an abundance that's outside of ourselves mm. it's saying that all the good that I could ever need is in Christ. All the good that I could ever be promised has been promised to me in Christ by God in his word. Therefore, I can give now here and now. I don't have to hold and be selfish and be fearful with my finances.
0: My question comes though when you say how does when does it cross over from a value to a selfish way?
1: What do you mean? Like if I give to God, he'll give back to me type of thing?
0: Uh yeah, or with our with our time. It says money and time. So we talked about the church example, right? So yeah. what is that foggy area of how do you know when it's becoming the value and not just a value, I guess? It when becomes weaponized the thing. It. Yes. Uh,
1: well, I think in that case, I was being very stingy with my time and affection toward you. And so I wasn't being mm-hmm. generous to you. No, I'm I was being generous to God's bride while neglecting my own bride. Mm. And uh, scripture, do, I, I don't think it gives us a strong case for that. I know it doesn't. Right.
0: And church so. leaders would not recommend that. I mean, gospel falling. There are some. This is the, this is well, the that fog, was people. part of the rub for this us. Is the is our, fog. our
1: church leaders at the time were saying so. You're how not much spending time enough time with you your need? wife? Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, more than I have now. And they said, well, how much do you need then? And I said, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> I don't know the number of hours. I just need you to pasture me through this. Yeah, and that didn't happen. So, but um, so the contrast there is is generosity comes from a, a heart of God's abundance. Hmm. Stinginess or fear around finances comes from a heart of, or a belief that God is not abundant. What he's promised is not true.
0: I think that the whole fear and selfishness aspect is probably the biggest indicator when something is beginning to step out from a value and becoming the object mm. or idol. Right. I well, think and the Holy
1: spirit is so faithful. I to think that's give fair us to say, because why did we,
0: why did we have so much involvement? Because we, We were at some level seeking the approval of others in a manipulative. They were, it was a manipulative thing on, I don't don't know if it was intentional. It was just kind of the culture. Culture. Um, but yeah, so I think when we start being fearing others is I think responses to us or we start, um, getting, what what was the other one I said, (laughs) I don't know. Oh, selfish. <laughs> when we start feeling, start becoming selfish with those things, right? And it's not, the governing is is getting skewed. Um, I just want to highlight that because I think we can mm. not be clear on, well, I feel like this is a good value, but it also doesn't feel like a good value, right?
1: Yeah. And when the Holy Spirit, as he does, mm. will prompt you to in, to look introspectively, that is, our, that is our cue as believers who spirit-filled people mm. to say, God, I repent of this. Help me believe. I repent of this sin of believing something besides your truth, because it is leading me down a path that is not um, going to cause flourishing right. around me.
0: All right, the second one is courage. The value is characterized by boldness and confidence. It's the opposite of fear. Mm. They have a verse here, Joshua one nine. Have not I commanded? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's interesting. It's in the book of Joshua where there's a whole lot of adversity. Mm-hmm. And God was calling them out to go toe to toe, to boldly mm-hmm. go to Jericho, to all these places.
1: And they saw their foes and saw big, intimidating mm. people, and said, "Ooh!" And then
0: the theme of this, bio, yep. this, this is be strong and courageous. Anyway,
1: so cur- courage is a Christian value. Um, in, it's in, not pride. In opposition, it would be f- fear. Would be the right. the opposite. Where. And again, courage is rooted in trusting God and his mm. ultimate and my eternal security with him. Right. Fear places this life as ultimate and my well-being in this life as ultimate. It's based on me. And it's based on me. Again, yeah. we're, we're Self, examining how
0: these values reflect either God or they're reflecting us.
1: Yeah. So the prayer there would be, Lord, I repent of my fear. Help mm. me to be courageous, not so I can just be courageous, but so I can better Trust you and mm. honor you with with the things that I say and do, which
0: is then modeled to yeah. our spouse and our children, yep trickle down effect. and as a family
1: yeah. uh love is the third one um clearly um it says we love because he first loved us first John four nineteen uh one of our favorites uh it's a fundamental characteristic of who God is, and mm. the opposite of love I would contend is apathy or mm. just um not hate, no because. I would rather you be mad at me than you just not care. And not that you would hate me when you're mad at me. Like there's a difference, but I'm saying that apathy is just like, if God's indifferent, like when I know when God is disciplining me, I take comfort in that because I know that he loves me. A father disciplines the, the son he delights in. Hmm. And that's not hate, but it's discipline, but it's not. in so people oftentimes contrast love with anger or love, I with, say hate.
0: love with hate is the opposite.
1: I, I think apathy because yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Agree to disagree. <laughs> or wrath. But wrath is, is one of
0: But I think it's that's also a, a sign of caring and love, right? So I guess apathy could I think apathy and hate kind of fall into right. if you hate something that's a little more active, obviously apathy is like is indifference. Yeah. So
1: indifference to me is much more terrifying and especially in the marriage space, like when a when a spouse gets cold right. toward the other. Right. That to me is a, a big bright red flag. Right. So um, I think the prayer out of that would be, Lord, help me love what you love. Help me care for the things you love. I repent of my apathy either toward my wife, my husband, my kids, my community. Mm -hmm. Help me love the way you love with, courage with boldness mm. and with generosity to fold in the other good prayer. <laughs> values.
0: All right. We got to wrap it up here.
1: Okay. Respect. Uh, so respect toward one another. I think respect is rooted in the idea that God has created men and women uh, e- of equal value, worth and importance in his image. Mm. Okay. So I will respect my wife to the extent that I understand she is a daughter of the King. She has been designed by him of equal value, worth and importance and is made in his image. Then mm. if I understand and behold that truth, then I will respect you to the, to the cows come mm-hmm. home. And I think the same goes for her husband. So I think the opposite of respect would be, uh, disrespect, disray specs, <laughs> <respects>. uh, <laughs> the opposite would be contempt, mm. which is a mixture of anger and,
0: and... I have a whole episode on that people. Yeah. Go check that one out.
1: It's a good one. It's a mixture of contempt and dis- uh, anger and disgust. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. Hope. hope, yeah, the value of hope. Oh man,
0: I just confident expectation. I it's a hope, firm assurance in God. Yes, Proverbs twenty three eighteen. There's surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. We need hope right now, people, especially in our mm. marriages. That I feel like we're just in a hot pot, right? We're just, I think we all are just boiling over with some of the big unknowns of all of our things that we could predict, right? School, yeah. um, jobs. Home life, whatever. It was all predictable. We felt like we had it down. And then this scam pandemic, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Just kidding. You had to go there. No. I know. No, we wear masks. We, we do wear masks. Mask. We're being considerate. Um, but there's there's this whole, you know, something something shook up our normal. And our values are being... Questioned, And I think that needs to cause us to root deeper and not to run further, right? To just Mm -hmm. anchor our hope again in the assurance Mm -hmm. of God. Anchor our, have confident expectation that God is not only going to use, he's at work already, he's been at work, he's using this time (laughs) and he's going to continue using this time for his glory and for our sanctification. So So
1: yeah, to to put a word to that, I would say despair or despondency Mm. would be kind of the the uh, the indication that there's a value that's missing there mm. if you feel despair or despondency over any situation really that's not yet yeah, you can be sad about a situation yes you can be uh, frustrated you can be you not know the answer but as believers you guys we are called to value and to have to hold on to hope yeah that is not a suggestion mm. it is a mandate yeah it is something that we have been given now it is our choice to take it. Mm. and to hold on to it and hope doesn't have the answers that's right. what hope is right okay uh the next one is peace which i think comes from hope final one yeah and the, the opposite of this would be anxiety and yeah there's there are mental disorders around anxiety there are yes. uh d- and and um depression and things like that mm-hmm. so <laughs> medications are a good grace of god it's Psych, uh psychological help it's a good common grace of god so we're not saying to avoid any of that stuff but there is a deep level peace that even my, my dad, okay. My dad struggles with anxiety, you know, this, mm-hmm. and we've talked and with, about him a lot. And, he's, and a psych- he's,
0: yeah, he's in this whole field. Of- he knows
1: all the textbook answers. You know, he even takes the medicine and that's, that's fine. But he will tell you also that he has a deep peace. Yeah. Even um, among the, anxiety, Amongst
0: the emotions, the anxiety, right? the, that he has to hold the on inner, to like, harder agitation. Yeah. yeah.
1: He has to hold on hard, harder to, to it. The peace. In some moments, but in general, there's a theme of peace. Mm. And so, Um, that's just a few there's a lot more Christian values of course and I hope they got you thinking about maybe what could be driving the different decisions you make
0: which would lead us into our couples conversation challenge so some tangible steps to living into right the values of God Um, in order again to know what God values we have to know God how do we know God Ryan talked about general revelation versus special revelation Um, being in God's word consistently together talking about it having it be a part of your conversations daily in front of your kids. Also when they don't interrupt, (laughs) um, which never happens.
1: (laughs) Even when you tell them not to interrupt and you remind them, they're still interrupting you.
0: Still interrupting. (laughs) Uh, the second thing would be to take time to evaluate, uh, the why behind the big what's. Okay. So look at, look at your weeks, day to day rhythms, week to week rhythms, month to month rhythms, year to year rhythms. Take that big step back. Why, do you make certain decisions about certain things and, and put everything on the table. There shouldn't be anything that is off limits. And if it's off limits, then that's a big one that should be on the table. Uh, you know, for anything from family oh. vacations to, um, you know, i people are asking, how are we going to educate our kids next year? You know, there's just a lot of unknowns. So this is a great time to be evaluating and bringing it before the Lord and have ears that are ready to listen and a heart that is humble are we spinning our wheels? I'm going to ask the question again like I did at the beginning. Are we spinning our wheels and just going through the motions, trying to survive? Or are we hmm. taking a moment to regroup, to go to God and learn how to live intentionally in the values and authority and purposes in this order that he has ordained it, hmm. ordained us?
1: Those are great questions. And, yeah, we hope that conversation challenge uh please do please do that because uh we've done that, um and we continue to do that, and mm. it, it's not easy, but it does always it, bring us to a greater level of freedom because yeah. now we know that our God is trustworthy because otherwise we get all bound up and wrapped around the axle right? right we start we we worry and we forget our peace and we forget our hope, and we forget to have courage and There's we forget nothing
0: that gives me more courage, more confidence, more freedom, more joy, more hope and peace than knowing that I am making a decision because God has said, this is the decision you need to make. This is the Mm, thing you need to value. And this is going to govern all of the decisions that trickle down.
1: And you know what? And when we're, when we're patient to see that Mm. process unfold, then the freedom that is had when the decision's made is so it's a hope fulfilled. Yeah. It's a wellspring of life is what the Bible calls a hope fulfilled. Yes. So good word. I'll say a prayer for us and we'll call it an episode. Lord, I thank you so much. Um, for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is authoritative. Mm. I pray for the husband and the wife listening to this, that they may be uh, looking in inside or introspectively mm. into their own decisions and their values. And they're maybe seeing some areas uh, where they're feeling convicted. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, be sweet and gracious mm. in con- continuing that conviction as you always are. And I thank you for that conviction. And I pray that you would convict us in areas where we are not Living in a way that is in full light of the authority of your of your word, authority of who you are, God, and the authority of the work you've done on Mm. the cross. Mm -hmm. Pray for the husband or the wife who feels hopeless right now because of their marriage. It's it's going through a hard time. It's going through a hard season and they might feel like there's no chance for reconciliation. I pray that you would still. Be their hope, Mm. be their light, be their courage, uh, show them love, show Mm -hmm. them how to love their spouse despite the pain. And I pray Lord that you would fuel that love. It wouldn't be them just white knuckling it and figuring it out, but you would fuel it and Mm. they would understand it, that it is, it is otherworldly Lord, only you can do that. I pray that you'd soften our hearts, soften the hearts of our listeners in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: All All right. right.
1: So we have an interview going live uh, in two days and it's, it's. I'm telling you right now, I remember when we interviewed this gentleman, his name is Sheridan Boise. Oh, yeah. And he has an incredible story, specifically around uh, infertility. Mm. And so we're going to talk about that. Him and his wife dealt with it, and they, um, you know what? He's I'm just going to cool leave it there. accent,
0: man. Pe- just take he's, a listen.
1: He's, he's, he's Australian. He's an Australian living in... The yeah. Oxford, Oxford, yeah. His wife's his wife's a, a professor at Oxford. He's like a radio correspondent. He's, so I mean, awesome. Anyway, he took so time to talk to us. Gracious to
0: talk to us. I'm like, he's so he's such a better talker. <laughs> yeah, he's so good with words. <laughs> so make sure you
1: listen to that interview. Uh, You'll be encouraged, particularly if you've struggled with infertility uh, or you know somebody who has, because uh-huh. he really does point us back to the hope we have in Christ and the glory and the goodness it is to even be married without children. Mm. So um, I think you could be encouraged by that. Anyway. This has been a long episode, and this one is. That just didn't feel right. Can you oh, sorry. do it again? It's been a long episode. All right, wait, uh, uh, this episode is
0: in the can.
1: Okay, it's pretty good. We'll see you two days for the interview, and five <laughs> days after that for another episode. Until then,
0: stay fierce.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at fiercemarriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed. Take care.